<laughs> All right. Welcome back to Holzer Talk Podcast. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. So we're talking culture again today. Mm-hmm. And today we have the Executive Director of Laboratory Services, Sherry Keebler. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Sarah's. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Squared is what we prefer. <laughs> no. That's our street name. <laughs> the Sarah's. The Sarah's. Yeah. 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 How are you, Sherry? I'm okay. I'm great. Good. Thanks. Good. How about you guys? We're good. Anytime we get to record a podcast, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. in a good mood Elevates the rest of the day. The mood, yeah. yeah, for <laughs> I'm sure. Addicted to podcasts. So I feel like a superstar. Yes. You are a superstar, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that later. Right. But <laughs> so, Sherry, do you have, you know, to start off, we like to start with a joke. Do you have a joke for us? I do. So it's kind of a long one. <laughs> okay. That's all right. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, there, you guys know who Gandhi is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, um, there was a man traveling, um, in India and he kept seeing this really frail, um, thin guy walking around, no shoes. Um, and, he would stop and talk with him and he noticed he just had terrible breath, just terrible. And he wouldn't say much to him. He was very quiet and, you know, no shoes. So his feet were really calloused. Um, and he wouldn't ever give him his name. And so after a couple of weeks of trying to learn who this guy was, um, he asked someone in the town and he said, you know, I see this guy walking around super skinny, frail, really bad calluses on his feet. His breath is terrible. Who is that? And the guy was like, you don't know who that is. You know, he said, he is our super calloused, fragile mystic vexed with halitosis. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. That, so that was good. It. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard that one. I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, that's the best I've got. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was good. That's a good one. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right, Sherry. So tell us about your Holzer story. Well, I was born at Holzer. Uh, my mom was a nurse here for, gosh. Uh, 40 years, probably. Um, so I like to say that I was kind of raised by Holzer. Um, <laughs> you know, I was in her belly on the unit when she was pregnant with me. And um, so, you know, I saw Holzer pediatricians and um, Holzer was very good to my mom, um, you know, as I was growing up. And when I went to college and came back, um, I had a moment of, I don't want to work at Holzer. That's where mom worked. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I applied for an open weekend micro tech position in the lab in 98. And I've been here ever since. Okay. Oh, wow. So what kind of um, education do you have? I have a bachelor's in medical technology, which okay. now is called a much cooler name clinical <laughs> laboratory science oh yeah um, and so I have a bachelor's in that I went to West Virginia University let's go Mountaineers absolutely <laughs> I knew Sarah would like that <laughs> uh-huh. and um, then came back 
um, moved back home and started working here. And then, gosh, I think in maybe 2013, I got my MBA from Liberty. Okay. Um, and so those are the two degrees that I have. But I just wanted, you know, I was moving into a manager position and I wanted um, to be a better manager. And so when I got my MBA, my focus was um, leadership. Track. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is, this is ignorance on my part, but what does a medical lab technician do? So the layman's version is Please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anything that comes out of you naturally or by force, yeah. we will test it. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So if you have your gallbladder removed during surgery, yeah. um, we have, so the, the quote unquote doctor of laboratories, a pathologist. Yeah. And so anything removed during surgery for a biopsy, um, we have people in our department with different skill sets that will process those specimens. Pathologists will read a stain slide um, and give diagnosis. Um, but then also, you know, we test blood, urine, stool, um, puke, not so much, but <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, 70% of medical decisions that are made are based on lab tests. So we're pretty important people. You're very important. <laughs> yeah. 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 So 2020 healthcare worker of the year from OHA. Crazy, right? It is. And that was middle of COVID. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of uh, explain how that felt to win healthcare employee of the year? You know, it was incredible um, and humbling but just being honest, I mean, it was it was a great honor, and I don't want to minimize that. Sure. But what really blew me away was being chosen to represent Holzer for that. Um, Dr. Kennedy announced who the nominee was going to be in a leader meeting that day. And I'm sitting and listening, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, who's it going to be? You know? Yeah, yeah. And he said my name, and I think it was my first, like, clutching the pearls moment that I've ever had because I just thought somebody has messed up. Somewhere. <laughs> um, and then, you know, to go on and, and actually get the award was just incredible. Um, I was really excited for Holzer, you know, during that time I started the whole small town, big brains um, yeah. hashtag that I love because what we did during um, the early stages of the pandemic in our lab, being able to offer all of the COVID testing in-house was really huge. And, you know, for, it was just important to me that um, we weren't going to use our small town rural areas as an excuse to not be able to offer really good care. And so um, all of that sort of happened, though, the nominations sort of happened um, before all that, you know, it was kind of early on in the pandemic. And um, we didn't have, I, apparently every year there's a big dinner and it's kind of a crazy crowd, you right. know, in Columbus, but because of the pandemic, um, it was all the, the ceremony was all online. And so I was sitting in my office at work by myself. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> oh my. And, uh, Dr. Kennedy had told me that they would narrow down the field, I think there were 66 nominees, maybe. Yeah. They would narrow it down to five finalists. 
And so when I logged on, I noticed there were only five other, four other people logged on. And so I instantly thought, there's like, am I a finalist? Like, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, when they announced my name, the best part, I hope I don't get emotional on a podcast. I don't want people to know I have feelings. <laughs> um, when they announced my name, because I was at work, I had my door closed, of course, but I could hear my staff cheer. Oh, like that gave me goosebumps. (laughs) Like out in the lab. Yeah. And I I just, I don't know. I can't even really describe the feeling. Um, And then my phone started just blowing up, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was great. But so they had us all muted. And when they announced my name, I unmuted and was just going to say, you know, what an honor or whatever. But they didn't unmute me on their end. (laughs) it was just this awkward like I'm smiling you know like I'm thinking do I give it like a thumbs up do I do like a little hero you know like fist pump you know what because I couldn't speak yeah right um and the Webex shut off and that was it so oh wow yeah but it was just incredible um I was so excited for as a rural hospital, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. kind of just get on the map. So yeah, it was great. For sure. Wonderful. Yeah, and I know like we have interviewed, you know, Dr. Kennedy and I know during his <laughs> podcast interview, you said, I know I've said, I'm not going to mention her name anymore, <laughs> but your name did come up. Sherry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he so. did. Yeah. He's very proud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was funny, but what a great experience. Yeah. Like, it was truly. incredible. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So just to go into a little bit deeper and then we'll switch to culture, I promise. Mm-hmm. But when we provided our own testing for COVID mm-hmm. compared to our other area hospitals, mm-hmm. how big of a deal is that? Cause I don't think people really realize. Yeah. So it, it was really huge and I don't want to get, you know, too far in the weeds really. Sure. I could totally lab geek out on you guys, but I'll try not <laughs> to do that. But um, it's, there were several obstacles. One of which was, it, you know, it was a new virus sure. and there wasn't really a way to test for it. And then as labs were developing um, test methods, then it became a supply issue that you couldn't get, you know, the tests that you needed. And so um, we were fortunate to have a good relationship with Quidel, which is a test manufacturer based in California, but um, diagnostic hybrids that was in Athens, um, quite all purchased them. And so we had a relationship with them in Athens for quite a while and they had a test method developed. And so, um, we reached out to them mutually, um, you know, talked about what we could offer, but the issue was, and this is where it's, it's probably going to get weedy, but, um, the method that they had, was it required a manual extraction of the virus RNA. <clears throat> and so we had to try to find an extraction kit. Um, and it was really all hands on deck, you know, lab, there's staffing shortages everywhere sure. with lab. Um, and so my management team, you know, we all pitched in. Um, we were all running COVIDs all day long, you know. <laughs> but it took us a couple of weeks to find a good kit with a good supply that we could manually extract that RNA and then run the test on that extracted RNA um, using the kit that Quidel supplied. And so 
we were able to start testing on the 23rd of April, 2020. Um, we sent 200, not quite 200 tests to a reference lab. And we've done every test in-house since then. So we were able to continue on having surgeries in the system mm-hmm. because most places were mm-hmm. canceling surgeries. Right. We were able to screen our um, surgery patients. We were able to test patients coming into urgent care. We had several um, other hospitals reach out to us and say, can you handle our testing? Um, and the method, it took about five hours to run 100 tests. Oh, and my. so <laughs> as much as we would have loved to, you know, have said, sure, you know, big hospitals, send us your specimens. Right. We really wanted to focus on taking care of our community. And so I just looked this morning um, for my boss. He wanted some numbers, but we've done just under 130,000 wow. tests in house since then. Wow. And, you know, we went fairly far into the pandemic mm-hmm. where we were still the only region hospital in the region doing molecular um, COVID testing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there are rapid COVID tests out there. Um, in my opinion, you know, they're not as reliable as molecular. So we had a really good method, solid results, and... Um, we worked a lot with Belicio. We did almost all of their testing. Mm-hmm. And their nurse practitioner uh, told me about a year in, he said, you know, I don't know if we would have been able to keep the doors open if it hadn't been for wow. you helping us with testing. So it's just something that we were really proud of. Um, it was exhausting yeah, <laughs> and stressful. But um, just knowing that we were helping you know, just made it all worth it. Yeah. yeah Dr. Kennedy talked about um, the talent in this organization mm-hmm. and uh, we really are a talent filled organization and um, we've got so many incredibly intelligent mm-hmm. outside of the box thinkers mm-hmm. um, that pull together. And the pandemic was a good example of pulling together to take care of our community. Mm-hmm. And that's what we focused on. Um, and obviously the lab focused on mm-hmm. taking care of, you know, our region and, you know, our big companies that our, our uh, patients work for. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Belize's is a huge employer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I uh, was in the COVID trailer. I was a runner, mm-hmm. not a, not a swabber. <laughs> uh, Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and we had a lot in Jackson, a mm-hmm. lot of Belizeo employees oh, yeah. through there. Yeah. It was, it was really good to see that we were able to do mm-hmm. that for sure. We did a lot of testing for Rio Grande students as well. Oh, really? You know, when it comes up on holiday and Rio has a lot of international students. They do. Mm-hmm. So there were students that didn't know if they would be able to travel home, you know, without be a negative COVID. Right. And so we were doing testing for them as well. And the health department um, sent us a lot. Gallia County Health Department sent us a lot too. So, and, you know, we were all, it, it was really difficult, like I said, but mm-hmm it gave me the chance to be a tech again. You know, I haven't worked as a tech for a long time and the other managers and I, you know, we didn't have the staff to be able to do it. And so we had a couple of our techs that were trained to do it. And then the managers and I jumped in as well. And I I mean, looking back, I'll say it's fun. (laughs) I wouldn't have said it was fun at the time. Right. Yeah. So it's, I'm proud of it. You know, small town, big brains. Like I said, you know, we, just because we live in a small town, doesn't right. mean we don't have big brains. Right. You can't discount, you know, yeah. what we've got to offer for sure. Yeah. So 
um, you were talking about the staffing shortages a little bit in the lab, and that's a national problem. Yes. Um, if someone was interested in the lab, what piece of advice would you give them? I would tell them, um, actually, if you don't mind, Sarah. <laughs> no. Um, I would say even if you don't know if you're interested in lab. Okay. So many people really don't know what we do. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people think that lab is phlebotomy or mm-hmm. getting your blood drawn. And that's a very important piece of it. But there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. And so, um, you know, we've tried to get out and talk to some high school students. And basically what we're trying to say is if you have any interest in science, if you love your biology lab, um, if you love your chemistry lab, come and spend some time in a clinic lab to see what it's all about. Um, you know, you do a lot of work under a microscope, but you also can work in a department that's primarily working on equipment all day long. And so, um, if you think you might be interested in nursing or, you know, any sort of health field, consider lab as well. And if you are interested in lab, then I would say focus on science classes in high school. Um, there are two year programs for laboratory and there are four year programs. A lot of people now will do a two year and then work on their bachelor's while they're working as a tech. So, um, you know, there's information out there. There's local programs that are doing online, um, lab classes now as well. So, if you're interested, just do your best to educate yourself and don't make a decision without spending some time in a clinic lab to see what it's all about. Okay. Very good. So as the executive director of laboratory (laughs) services, you have a pretty big reach within our organization. Mm -hmm. Like, um, can you tell us a little bit more about some of your responsibilities like within the health system? Sure. So specific to lab, Um, I have all of the lab locations. There are nine labs at Holzer. Um, And we have about 100 lab employees across the system. So we have phlebotomists, lab techs, um, histotechs that work primarily when I was talking about before with the surgical specimens, cytotechnologists. And then, of course, we have clerical staff and um, lab assistants. So um, I have ultimate responsibility for that. But I have an incredible team of managers that make me look good. So, <laughs> so um, you know, the day-to-day job is really about ensuring regulatory compliance, quality work, um, making sure that um, our staff are um, engaged and recognizing the importance of the work that they're doing. Um, outside of the lab, I'm involved in a lot of committees and I really like that. I love the multidisciplinary um, opportunities at Holzer Mm -hmm. for sure. So I've been on the human resources advisory committee for several years. Um, Edit. edit (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just recently I started a committee. Well, it was a group effort. Um, called TRAC, which is Team Resilience Action Committee, um, recognizing that burnout is a big, bad, scary thing. It is. um, Especially coming out of the pandemic. And so it's a group of people that, you know, we're working on little things, big things that we can do to try to combat 
burnout. Um, we didn't, we called ourselves the burnout team for a while, but that sounded so depressing. So we went with resilience instead. Yeah. So, um, but that was one of the things that we tried to do was get the food trucks to come in. Um, you know, so I'm really excited about that group. It's the freshest thing, freshest a word that I've been a part of, um, you know, recently that, that I'm really excited about because, there's just such a need and there's a lot of information out there about mm-hmm. what burnout is, but there's still not a whole lot of information about solutions. And so we're kind of, we're in uncharted waters. Um, so we're trying to just not discount anything that we think might help and, and try to implement that. Um, I got a little bit off subject there. No, my no. next, my next question was going to be <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you try to maintain uh, positive like climate mm-hmm. and culture within your departments and mm-hmm. I mean you you kind of touched on that is there anything else you'd like to add to that well within the lab I mean I, I don't want to give you know the picture that um, we're just Disneyland in yeah. the lab I mean you know <laughs> my favorite place <laughs> <laughs> there are great days and there are terrible days mm-hmm. in the lab um, but I think the biggest thing for us is to just remember that we are a team and a family. Um, I try to address all my emails. I start with Holzer fam or, you know, lab rock stars or whatever, because um, I really view our lab team as rock stars. And so just trying to reinforce the importance of what we're doing and how, even when I interview um, a candidate for a position, I always say, we're a family here. We don't always like our family, mm-hmm. but we love each other. <laughs> <laughs> and so just trying to foster that family environment and really trying to check in on each other, make sure that we're okay day to day. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I say this with my children all the time. And like whenever I used to be a teacher, like I would say that to some beloved rascals in my <laughs> class, I'd be like, it's okay if you're mad at me. I still love you. Right. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, cause right. you are, you're just going to have those days, yeah. like you said. So yeah. that's important to remember. So something that we haven't really asked in any of our podcasts too much is about feedback. Mm. So how do you like to give or receive feedback? And because I feel like feedback can tie into culture in so many ways mm-hmm. because, you know, like you have to have that communication piece mm-hmm. with your employees mm-hmm. and your managers and things. But it also like you have to create, you know, trust and like mm-hmm. a safety net of like, I need to be able to give mm-hmm. you this feedback without creating any kind of resistance. So how do you handle feedback? I thrive on feedback. Um, I want direct, honest, blunt feedback. Yeah. Um, the challenge with that is I don't know that a lot of people want that. And so Finding I have... the Sarahs of the world over here <laughs> that are like, please be nice to me. <laughs> Sherry took my emotional yes, articulation class. And I had, I had to say, you know, if you would talk to me that way as a man, I would crumble. <laughs> I would die on an inside. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Yeah. but a lot of people do. A lot of people thrive on Mm -hmm. the very direct because you know Mm -hmm. what they want from you. (laughs) So I think as a manager or a leader, one of the most important things that you can focus on is emotional intelligence because um, you have to be able to adapt. You can't just deal with people the way you're most comfortable dealing with them. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to obviously take their um, preferences as far as how they're communicated with into account. 
And I read, I think it was in a Harvard Business Review a couple of years ago. Not that I, that sounds fake. I don't read Harvard Business Review on a regular basis. <laughs> Maybe it was the Wall Street Journal. But um, there was a an article that talked about um, people who have high expectations of themselves, mm-hmm. which I do. I'm very critical of myself. That, you know... Many times you also then have high expectations of other people. Mm -hmm. And one of the worst things that you can do is if someone lets you down or you give a task and they don't do it up to your standards, our tendency then is to jump in and take care of it ourselves. And what happens then is that person's confidence is shot. Mm -hmm. And then it's a cycle because then they don't have the confidence the next time. And so then you're jumping in again and then their confidence is shot even more. And so I try really um, to keep that in check. Um, And it's not that no one ever meets my expectations. I have my employees blow me out of the water all the time with expectations. But I try to keep that in mind when I'm giving feedback as well to make sure that we're focusing on the positive things and correcting the things that need to be corrected at the same time. And one of the things, I think you were in the DISC workshop that I was was in as -hmm. as well, and this is something that you said to the group when we were talking about different DISC styles, and I won't bore everybody with that, (laughs) but um, mine and Sherry's are very different. Mm -hmm. And uh, someone had expressed, another leader had expressed an issue of how do I handle this? And so I kind of gave my feedback as the more emotional Mm -hmm. end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Right in the middle of S. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but Sherry ended up speaking up and saying that also includes you have to get to know your employees mm-hmm. and how to talk to them. Because if you don't know them, mm-hmm. then and you're just talking to them because you're the leader and this is what I have to say, then you're missing the mark. Yeah. And that's something you're obviously very aware of. So if it's 100 employees, how do you, do you rely on your managers to help you get to know these uh, your employees or how do you kind of handle that? Yeah, I mean, I I know that my employees at the remote locations mm-hmm. probably, not probably, they don't see me nearly as much as the employees at uh, my base is at the Gallup Police Hospital. But I do rely on managers, but then I also try to visit sure. um, as well. And our long-term employees, um, I think that's easy. You know, I've, I've been around for a long time. They've been around for a long time. Right. We learn each other. We've worked together in different capacities. You know, I haven't always been in the role that I'm in. Right. Um, many, I was a bench tech next to them for a long time. Um, but it's more difficult with the newer people that come in and the areas that have higher turnover. But you just have to make a conscious effort to do that. I, I would... I hope this isn't the case, but I would be devastated if I thought I had an employee that thought Sherry doesn't know anything about me. Yeah. Well, you just seem super personable. Like, I mean, I've only met you a few times, but every time you're always so friendly and can just make anyone feel at home. So, I I mean, yeah, for sure. So do you, okay. What's one piece of advice that you might give to someone that is struggling with the culture in their department? Like, don't give up. <laughs> um, recognize a bad day for what it is, mm-hmm. but don't dwell on that the next day. And recognize that um, 
so I wish I could remember where I read this. I wish actually I had thought of it, but <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Just take credit. But I think it's going to be my new go-to um, because I think it's powerful. I would say focus on not being the one person in the stadium that won't do the wave. Mm. It might feel not cool to, you know, embrace the culture, um, but it'll be worth it in the long run. It's not going to hurt you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, it's only going to help the day-to-day work environment. Mm -hmm. So if you're a manager struggling with culture, I would say don't give up. And if you're an employee, I would say embrace it. It's it's not going to hurt. Absolutely. So one question we do ask um, everyone that we've talked to so far of our values, mm-hmm. the Q first. Which one do you think, if it if or maybe they all do, is resonates with you more than the others? Do you have one? For me personally, I would say integrity. Okay. Um, I feel like, you know, if you don't have integrity, you don't have anything. And so I don't want to be a certain way in front of my employees and a different way in front of Mr. Fowler, my boss, or a different way in front of an executive um, or one of my managers. I mean, what you see with me is me. um, And that's very important. So that's a personal thing. But as far as lab, um, I really don't think I could pick one. But quality jumps out because Mm -hmm. lab is so quality driven. Yeah. Um, but teamwork, gosh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's a hard question. Yeah. Um, and we've only had one other person uh, answer with a specific one. Yeah. Um, everyone else is, you know, cause, and they all are important. Sure. I, sure. You know, I'm not trying to downplay that at all. But sure. Yeah. But it is nice whenever like one, you know, because we are all our own people and there might be one that just resonates Mm -hmm. with you more so than others. And I always love to hear everybody's answers about why and, you know, kind of what they mean to them. Mm -hmm. So that's my our last question. So, Sherry, we like to end with, is there anything (laughs) that we didn't ask you that you wish that we would have? Oh, gosh, I don't think so. But I would like to just get in there a plug okay if I haven't done that already um I don't know if any of my lab people will listen to the podcast but I am just so so proud of them and the work that we do and um you know I I do my best to make sure they know that but if you're listening right now my little labbies (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of you guys Awesome. The Sarahs are proud of you too. Yes, for sure. Maybe not as much as Sherry, (laughs) but we are too. Yeah. For sure. All right. Thanks so much for sitting down with us, Sherry. It's been a blast getting to talk to you. It was fun. Thanks for listening to Sherry's podcast. This has been a Holzer Talk production where your co-hosts, Sarah Smith and Sarah Lowry. If you're interested in working in the lab, please visit www.holzer.org backslash careers for more opportunities and information. If you're interested about our services offered at Holzer, please visit www.holzer.org. Or if you're interested in any of our training opportunities, you can visit hlii.org.